The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Good morning all, Ryan Tuberty with you this Tuesday morning. It's the 19th of April 2022. Good to be here. Thank you to Oliver Callan, as always, for keeping the seat warm and the the vibe's good. I appreciate that very much and I enjoyed Marty yesterday, Marty Morrissey, as always. But uh, great to be back. And it is beautiful in Dublin. I can tell you outside it is very, very sunny and it's very, very pleasant. And we're heading into that lovely, lovely period of um, kind of pre-summer Night stretching evenings and early mornings and bird song, birds go quite crazy. I posted a little Instagram story yesterday of uh, a dog, a dog. It was in the distance. The do- you know when this when the tide is just out a bit too far for maybe somebody wants to swim, but it's not far enough for a dog to chase a seagull. And this dog, a black and white dog, looked like he would have been as comfortable chasing sheep in a field in Connemara as he would be in, in, in the sea in Dunleary chasing a seagull. There were about five or six seagulls who I wonder, do they look down and go, you big Egypt. Like, you, what, what part of you think, what part of you thinks, you got, what, are you going to catch us? Then I thought, what if he did catch the seagull? A lot of feathers, not much meat in it, uh, probably actually really rotten meat as well. I mean, it's a scavenger. You, there's not much joy in it. So it, is, it, is it like just chasing the car? Like, what does a dog do if it catches the car? It goes, oh, great, no, I'm going to go for a spin. You know, it's hardly going <laughs> to... Guys go, great, I got the car. That's why I'm chasing this car, because it looks really nice. Equally, the seagull, I don't know what's in their canine brain that says, that thing in the sky with the wings, I want it. What are you going to do with it? No idea. I have no... In fact, I'm, I'm not going to catch it, because it's... But what was most interesting about it was the noise of it. The plunging sound of the paws clunk clunk into the water clunk clunk and the tongue lolling in the side of the mouth and the seagull scoffing at him. I just thought, everyone's winning here. Like, everyone's going to live. Unless the dog suffers from an unfortunate massive canine heart attack, everyone's going to live here. And everyone, seagulls get away, dog gets away, owner gets a tired dog home at the end of the day and says, erect, oh, I remember. And he didn't catch, no, nothing, not no. But you enjoyed it. I did. Great. So everyone's, <laughs> everyone's happy. Absolutely. Time for bed. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good night. Good night. And the dog goes, and everyone's good. That was one observation in the last 24 hours. <laughs> Do you want more? Um, uh, what, have, what have I been doing? And what have I, sorry, at least what have I been reading and watching? Well, one of the things I did was I, I read a, a very... I, th- I thought it, you know, when you, I was, I was going to say this to you about judging books by the cover. This, this looks like a really good book. You know, <laughs> as I was saying, deep down and very superficial. And I, and I found this book called The Lonely Ones by Hacken Nasser. And it was a great cover. It looked like a really creepy house, maybe near a forest with a sort of off color, not quite sepia, but black and white, but with red font. And I thought, yeah, I'm in here. This is good. Read the, I've read a few of his shorter paperbacks and they're good. But this was a, a, a tome, a six one. I said, well, I'm off for a few days. I'll, I'll get through this. Unfortunately, I didn't realise that Swedish crime had forgotten. doesn't have quite the same pace as other crime books. So this was heavy, existential, 
uh, reflective on basically if you're for a few days off you didn't you didn't want to get let this stuff into your head and um, then I was in too far um, like Macbeth I couldn't I had to keep going and uh, I got to the end of it if that's your bag it's there waiting for you in the bookshop The Lonely Ones by Hack and Nasser but it was a little too heavy going heavy going for me um, and I moved on to a preview book that's not out till May and I'm really enjoying that it's called Tell Me an Ending by Jo Harkin. She's a British writer. She's written under pseudonyms before, but I hadn't known her of her stuff. And this was much right. So if you can imagine, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a book that anytime I mention it to somebody, they always jump in with the name of a film title, which you're going to do as soon as I tell you. If you can imagine a world where you go to this particular place, um, a lab of sorts, and they can remove that little bit of the memory that you don't want in your brain. They can just take it out and say, okay, so you might have been traumatized. Bang, it's okay, we can get rid of it. And it's set around now, maybe two years, three years, a bit like Never Let Me Go, the Ishiguru book. Um, and they can take the little memory out. And initially they say it's just for people who've maybe had abuse in their lives or initially uh, for if you've been in a war and you just, you've got PTSD. We can, and then, of course, they say, well, do you know what? We can monetize this. So if you have enough money, say five grand, um, we'll get that inconvenient memory. Could have been a relationship situation or it could be a family situation. You can just get that out. And the book focuses on five people who are going through uh, different phrase, phases of choosing or having chosen or whatever, but you can't remember. And there's a problem is that traces are starting to happen. So you can get flashbacks if you think of a memory. And it's all about the, how the mind plays tricks on you. And should you have a memory taken away and the ethics of it? And it's a great old read. I mean, it it it's, uh, it rattles along and it won't be out till um, next month. And we'll talk about it next month at greater length because I'm only a few hundred pages into it. So I'm, I'm not quite uh, there yet to tell you whether it's a masterpiece or whether it's the book, one of the great books of the year. But so far, so very, very good. Um, and like I said, I'll come back to it. Come back to that, but the movie, of course, you're all most of you will be thinking of is uh, the Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. You go, that sounds exactly like, and I can understand why you'd say that because there's more than an echo um, of that. Um, I would, uh, the things I was watching, I watched uh, beginning of John C. Riley. I'm sorry I didn't get to talk to him about it because we went for a pint after the show on Patrick's Day uh, with uh, Kelly, uh, Kelly Harrington and Mandy. Congratulations, by the way, to the to the pair of them. They got married in the last uh, week or two. So uh, very happy about that. Uh, gorgeous human beings and great news story and uh, lovely. Uh, so that's by the by. Um, so John C. Riley's in this thing called Winning Time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty. I have little, if not no, probably pretty much no interest in basketball, American basketball, to be honest with you. I've heard of Magic Johnson. You know, I, I, mean, I know the headlines. But this is made in a really interesting way by, uh, I saw Adam McKay's name is attached to it. So if you've seen Vice, the George W. Bush, which is a brilliant film, uh, or The Great, uh, The Big Short, or The Big Short, yeah, um, which is another, they, he has a particular style and it's fascinating to watch and um, I'm enjoying that very, very much as I am um, The uh, Slow Horses, which is a sort of a take on the, John le Carre vibe where it takes anything you know about James Bond and the glamour flip it and you realise that the, the, the trudge and the, the, the slog of spy work involves grimy flats and dirty curtains and emptying bins <laughs> it's like there's no brass 
and there's no sass and uh, it stars uh, Tim uh, Gary Oldman in it actually who of course played um, the part in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy so if you haven't seen that um, it's, I'm a little bit into it but I'm looking forward to getting back to it that's pretty good going um, papers wise today I, I, I always fascinated as you probably know at this stage about the, the French presidential election continues to fascinate as we since we last spoke of course Macron and Le Pen uh, won their respective uh, way into the second round which I think is next Sunday it's very quick I see um, Marine Le Pen has ditched the banning of Veil in public as a campaign promise or at least deprioritized is probably a better way of putting it as she realizes that people are looking more closely at her policies and thinking no not that no thanks so she's she's uh fairly far behind that's a 50 i think you're looking at about a she, he's looking at 53 or 4 or 4 percent in the polls and which puts her at 46 or thereabouts and she is uh so yeah but as we all know about polls and who knows and a week is a long time in politics so we'll watch and of course people want distraction from all of these things in the middle of a campaign so in France uh, and around the world if you look at a lot of the papers online today or wherever you want to get your newspaper um, the story is a photograph that has been released of um Emmanuel Macron uh he's a showman and uh, he, you know, his 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 wife was his school teacher, wasn't she? And and t- taught him drama, and that kind of thing. So they know how to put on a show, and whether that's the the pomp and ceremony, uh, or it's this photograph of him sitting with a plunging, a plunging shirt line, Simon Cowell-esque, Simon Cowell, uh, and it is what they call it, heavage. Um, instead of cleavage, it's called heavage, and uh, Dermot Gavin would be our, I think, the nearest thing we'd have to it. A uh, lot of buttons um, l- let loose, and maybe um, sprouting hair or not. It depends on 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 what 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 the man has to offer in this case. So he's very laid back, the arms over, the mustard coloured couch, and people have found this fascinating. As I say, a sidebar, a, a distraction. And they're loving looking at that. As this, uh, who's this writing here? It's uh, Helen Holmes writing this morning, talking about uh, Macron has a huge contented smile on his face, and the three top buttons on his crisp white shirt have been left undone, revealing a thicket of the president's opaque, dark brown chest hair. Some commentators have alleged that the chest hair has been enhanced with Photoshop. Others speculating that Macron is attempting to woo conservative voters by signalling traditional French values. That is to say, chest hair and two mobile phones. Um, <laughs> traditional French values. I didn't realise it involved two phones. But eagle-eyed observers may also have noticed the way Macron's chest hair is shaved neatly at the neck, creating a pleasing contrast between unwieldy masculine follicles and crisp, sophisticated hygiene techniques. Uh, and and she goes on to point out that Richard Nixon, you can you can Google it. Good morning, you're welcome, Richard Nixon, bare chest, um, <laughs> with the hairy chest. Uh, Obama, hairless, um, and George W. Uh, H. W. Bush, the dad, went to great lengths to ensure he would never be snapped uh, because he would come from another era, and they wouldn't be into that. Uh, and um, but 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 it's there. It's worth it's worth having a look at if you want to. Uh, heavage is a big deal. Uh, because Timothy Chalamet was um, was all plunging heavage uh, at the Oscars, then Lenny Kravitz was the same. Jared Leto was pretty much doing the same, and um, the look on his eyes says, uh, "Asks one question today is 
voulez-vous voter pour moi ce soir? So that is the come hither look. <laughs> on Macron's head uh, this morning. Um, office parties, and by that I mean if you're in the in your at your desk and somebody this is this is a bugbear of mine, so I, I won't. <laughs> this my ingratitude knows no no limits, and it's it's when the half a balloon and the bit of the cake from some British chain store arrives in, and someone has gone to an awful lot of trouble to bring in all the the knife and the it dry I can't I just don't like and then the half hour's happy birthday song and by people who just wish the ground would swallow them up anyway. No no one's winning to, to go back to the dog and the seagulls. This is the opposite of that. And the guy in an American, Kentucky, uh he hated he didn't want these these birthday parties at all. And in twenty nineteen he was working as it turns out he's working in a COVID nineteen test centre. And they said, "We no, we do. This is what we do. We throw parties." He go, "I don't want one. I, I, like, I, I kind of they freak me out, and I, I might get a panic attack. Like, it's that bad." But they went and had one anyway. So he said, "Like, I, I, the thing happened, and he left the party. He finished his lunch in his car. He just said, 'I'm not. I'm just not into this.' And then he took them to court because he eventually uh, found himself kicked out of his job." Uh, the lawsuit notes that this poor man was confronted and criticised at a meeting the next day when they all said, what's wrong with yesterday going to the car with your, your lunch and everything? Uh, somebody accused him of stealing his co-worker's joy, right? Another accused him of being a little girl, which ticks all the wrong boxes in the mother, modern age. Uh, the tense meeting prompted a second panic attack after which the company sent him home for the remainder of the 8th and the 9th of August. Fast forward the 11th of August, and they fired him, citing concerns about workplace safety. And he was out of a job. Anyway, the good news for that chap is he was awarded $450,000 for his troubles at an employment appeals case. Um, and he was also awarded 150000 on top of that in lost wages. So I think uh, tread carefully now with your next uh, little office party around the desk. I know you're going to kill me next time. I'm gonna get, there's going to be balloons. There's going to be... Uh, all sorts of things. 51551. Uh, it's interesting, says Donny Anderson here in the Lamming Shed in the Dublin Hills. What a nice place to be. Uh, listening to your observation of the dog chasing the seagulls. This is what the sheep farming community is forever trying to highlight. The fact that a dog will chase after anything that runs away from it. Yeah, including gulls in the sky. Dolores says, regarding the dog chasing the seagull, there are so many big birds everywhere, magpies and seagulls, who are as big as dogs. I've had to stop feeding small birds in the garden due to the bigger birds <laughs> raiding the food. Well, I'm kind of half glad you brought that up, but one of the things I get mocked about most at home is when I shake my fist at the window when there's a, too big a bird and a furry feeder. And they go, what are you doing? I said, oh, I don't want... I, there's, a, there's like the crows, especially the wood pigeons, and they're at it and they're pecking and they're half hanging off. This thing's too big. It's like a child is too old to trick or treat at Halloween. You know, it just doesn't look right. And they're too big for the little, they're meant to be for the elegant little finches and the blue tits and the, you know, long tail cold tits and, and all the, the lovely ones. And so actually I got rid of the, have we got time? I got rid of the, 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 the what are the protein ball ones, whatever they're called. Uh, I got rid of those ones because they were definitely attracting the two big, wah, wah, those ones that make an awful sound. 
And I decided to change the whole look of the, the feeding world. So I've got three feeders now, three different seeds going on. And as I was explain, explaining to my youngest the other day, I said, think of it as a political poll. Here's one party, here's another party, here's another party. Now we'll watch during the week <laughs> and see who gets elected. It's like Paul the Octopus, but with bird feeders in my house. I and mean, that's how we're going to find out who's going to be. We're going to predict the next election. Such joy, such joy. A new musical drama based on the life of John Hume. How about that? is going to be staged to mark the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. Beyond Belief is the name of it. It'll be performed in Derry to commemorate the 25 years uh, since the deal that largely ended years of violent conflict was signed and it'll be staged by Derry's Guild Hall and uh, will be presented by actors from the city's Playhouse Music Theatre Company. Well, I suppose they had DUP the Opry, uh, so why not have... um, John Hume the musical as I say called Beyond Belief uh, if you do have photos by the way for Charlie Bird uh, he is publishing a book I mentioned this before but I want to mention it again um, it's with the Climb for with Charlie event and he's hoping to have that by June so if people have they're touching near, nearly nearly 3 million uh, euro which is pretty impressive and uh, to say the least uh, so he's looking to collect photos from all the different Climb with Charlie events and there is an email address there, photos at climbwithcharlie.ie. Just if you happen to be along and you wanted to post them along and see if they can add to the joy of that book, uh, photos at climbwithcharlie.ie. Um, and the book I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, I'll come back to that in just a second. Uh, but it, uh, that book seems to be, says Bob, uh, a re working um, of the lobotomy debate a few decades ago. That's, of course, the, 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 the book I was telling you about with the bit of the brain uh, removed, not, uh, not uh, the memory removed, sorry. Uh, and actually that, that tallies with our guest this morning. I'm going to introduce you. He's, he's going to join us in a few minutes' time, uh, Brendan Kelly, who's a professor of psychiatry at Trinity College Dublin, who's written the most fascinating uh, book um, called In Search of Madness, A Psychiatrist Travels Through the History of Mental Illness. And um, he will talk about lobotomy, he'll talk about eugenics, he'll talk about uh, what we did with uh, our citizens when um, they needed our help most. We weren't always great with it because of uh, through ignorance, but also through malice. And we'll talk about all of that uh, in, in the next uh, few minutes. I'm really looking forward to introducing Brendan to you and actually to meeting him because I've, I've never met him before. And says um, on text, ditto. Uh, we had to get rid of those ball things too as the crows were taking over and I too banged my fist on the window. Oh, let's form a club. Um, I thought it might be me, but we're all in business together. Uh, Patricia says we have an absolutely mad Springer Spaniel who chases the rain and tries to eat it all. <laughs> That's taking it to another level. Um, and I kind of love your Spaniel all the more for it. Um, Kamala Harris plays Wordle uh, as do I so the only thing is Wordle is very quick like it, it drives me mad sometimes but it's a quick shot you know it's not like a Wordscapes which you can just keep going if you want to now, Wordle is a bit, bit quick but still, it's still I still find it very good fun uh, Kamala Harris says Wordle as a brain cleanser that's a good way of putting it that, that um, she starts uh, you know after a busy day it's just nice to just um, pick up the phone and not have to deal with messages and just enjoy Making, she starts every day with the same word, which is notes, N O T E S. Good. There's an O and an E and the S and the N and the T. Yeah, yeah that's a good, that's a good, good starting word. I, I change, I mix it up every day. 
case you're wondering. And um, Netflix, Amazon and Disney Plus subscriptions are being cancelled due to shrinking budgets, research finds. And this is definitely something that we spoke about um, before Patrick's Day, because I remember we were chatting about it upstairs and chatting across with, um, in the late, late with, our, with the gang there. And everyone picked up their phones and started going, hang on a second, I've, I'm on that, 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 which adds up to that, 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 that. So I just need that. Boom. And you save, and save themselves a fortune. But shrinking subscriptions is sobering news, according to the papers this morning, for the industry, which saw a boom during the height of the pandemic. Of course, everyone wanted options, options. Everyone watched everything. And they look looking for something else. But they reckon that half a million, in the UK at least, half a million cancellations were due to the cost of living crisis as households deprioritize streaming services as they try to make ends meet. And um, there was a total of one and a half million cancellations in the first quarter of 2022. That's enormous. Um, and uh, that is um, only getting more and more intense. So that'll be risky news for, for the online heads. Um, now, crows get hungry too. You know, I know, I know, and 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 you know, I I know, I, I you're not being smart. You're, it, it's it's I know, and that's why crows have fields, and there are loads of them, and they can go to those fields, and that's what I'm saying to you, just for now. Uncontrolled dogs on Sandy Mount Beach are a serious source of stress to winter migrant birds. The exercise might be great for the dog and the owner, but what about the thousands of waiters? Whatever you say. There's always going to be an alternative opinion. Isn't that it? It's not in the nature of debate and discussion and observation. So if I said I saw a seagull chasing a dog, you say, but what about the poor dog? And if I say I saw a dog chasing a car, if I saw a car being chased by a dog, the poor car, the car is running on fumes trying to get away from that dog. The car has feelings too. People sit in cars and they drive them for hours and hours and never hug them, never say thank you, never kiss their bonnet. God, what's wrong with people? Poor cars. 51551, I heard a tip somewhere. Hang old CDs around the feeders. No. And I'll tell you why not, Kate, and I appreciate it, but I just thought, think of how ugly that would be in a, in a nice, you know, Little garden. Um, I'm, I'm sure it works, but I don't want old CDs. <laughs> I have plenty of them, but I just don't want them. All right. Shall we take a tune to kick us off this morning? It's Tuesday morning. It's 9.25 and we'll go Irish. We should be. on that that's Roy Seven uh, nice Irish tune there to start us off this Tuesday morning um, I agree says Christine about knocking on the window yeah it's not I've started using sunflower hearts and the crows and the magpies are not interested this is bird's feet they go for the peanuts and the mixed seed and get rid of the fat balls too that's it goodness gracious fat balls of fire they're gone um, and funny you should mention the sunflower hearts that that's uh, that was a recommendation I, I got recently and I've started using they, they love them 
Have a look at the gorgeous glass bird feeders by Eva Solo, says Naomi. That's quite, is that, is that a company or is that a person? Uh, they're quite small, so only the little birds can access them. Of course, the, uh, <laughs> I going to see any relation to Han. Anyway, of course, the bigger birds and the squirrels hang out below them to take any of the seeds that fall out. Yeah, don't, not mad about that. Don't worry about the crows. They eat our sheep food and get so fat they can barely fly. Uh, see, we're having a nice rural-urban meeting of minds here. A squirrel buster type of bird feeder is the business, says Jim. Anything heavier than a sparrow or a bullfinch will cause the feeder openings to shut close. We got very excited when I saw a goldfinch at the feeder the other day because they're so beautiful. When I was a young one, Ryan, yes, Mary from Galway says, there were two dogs on duty in Galway near the then regional hospital at the junction of University Road. They chased only Volkswagen Beetles. <laughs> one dog was a sheepdog, the other a Labrador. The lab was a, the boss. And the sheepdog waited for the signal from the lab and then off they went. And we thought that uh, perhaps that he, the lab, had got a wallop from a beetle. And that's, yeah, the psychology of that, that is, is intriguing. Eva Solo is a Danish shop. I narrowed I was thinking, my name is Eva Solo. I am the answer to all your bird feeding problems. Nope, you're a shop from Denmark. Okay. The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1. 51551 is the text number this morning. Um, the bird, <laughs> we'll go back to the bird feeders now because they're obviously really tuning in to what Brenda was saying. But uh, Aidan in Wexford says, I resort to the caged bird feeders in my garden. They have an outer cage that allows the smaller birds access but prevent the rooks and crows and magpies getting at the feed. They soon learn to not to waste their time trying. And these feeders really are worth the extra few quid. Well, I had the, the, the ball things in, in, in those like cage type things. But the crows, as you probably know, are such smart birds. They're like engineers. They can kind of take screws out with their beak. They had the thing. It's always on the ground. They always got all the balls rolled out and they just take one off. Uh, probably twice their body weight. They still lift it and, and head off with the ball. And uh, equally, and it's likely ones with a plastic and seed in it. They they cracked it with the beak so that it all fell out. I mean, they, these guys are, they're good. But I'm on to them. I've been chasing crows like a lunatic, says Charlie, Charlotte in Wicklow. I'm brandishing my trusty tea towel on a regular basis from my bird feeders. I love my little chirpers. However, last week I spotted a lovely teeny tiny family of rats coming in to pick up the spilled seed. <laughs> so it broke my heart and the bird feeders <laughs> have been removed. Nah, well, that's, you see, it's the spillage is the problem there. You, you, you just got to watch that. I also have bird feeders, says... A text, I live in a bungalow so I can see the little birds from my bedroom window early in the morning and I feel the big birds have an advantage over the small ones and their beaks are harder and longer and I live near farms so crows have a great choice of crops and I go to bed at night with bits of cardboard and throw them at them from my window when the crows come. I feel so much less alone as a result of this. Thank you so much. Smokey Robinson and Tears of a Clown um, heading towards 10 o'clock so one more break to take. (laughs) 
I once mentioned um, the Marietta biscuit here in passing, and I think we were about three weeks uh, before we stopped getting texts and messages. <laughs> I'm telling you something. We we talked about the history of psychiatry this morning, and uh, we can't keep the messages in on birds and bird feeders. I it's I think. <laughs> It's a taste of what people want, uh, but really, it, it, here they are. They're, they're all there, and uh, there's some funny stories, and there's some. It's 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 wonderful. But thank you for those. We may or may not uh, keep that conversation going tomorrow, but we've got to say goodbye. Stay tuned to Philip Archer Hayes standing in for Claire this morning, and we'll see you tomorrow between nine and ten. Have a wonderful day. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player.